You're listening to the Sportsman's Empire Podcast Network brought to you by Full Sneak Gear. Check out their entire lineup at fullsneakgear.com. Also be sure to check out our entire stable of podcasts at sportsmansempire.com. New from Moultrie Mobile, the Feed Hub offers first-of-its-kind cellular connection and control for nearly any spin cast feeder on the market. When used with the Moultrie Mobile app, you can monitor feed and battery levels, run feeders on demand, receive alerts when feeders are clogged, and remotely adjust feeding times. The Feed Hub is ideal for anyone who maintains feeders. Remove the guesswork and save time by planning feeder maintenance before you drive to your hunting property. For more information, visit MoultrieMobile.com. You're listening to the Sportsman's Nation Podcast Network, powered by Interstate Batteries. From your truck to your trail camera, Interstate Batteries has you covered. Visit your local Interstate Battery store today or online at interstatebatteries.com. Interstate Batteries, outrageously dependable. Welcome to the Nine Finger Chronicles podcast, brought to you by Exodus Trail Cameras, the number one podcast for bow hunting product information and hunting stories from across the nation. And now, here's your nine fingered host, Dan Johnson. All right, here we go again. I don't know about you guys, but I am happy that this is only a three day work week for me. I have, uh, you know, I, I live that cubicle life, and I guess there are some benefits. Like, I get a three-day work week this week, and I get a ton of other um, holidays off that I really don't celebrate, but I get them off, so I celebrate them because I don't have to go to work. With that said, um, man, I hope everybody has a great Thanksgiving. There is definitely a lot to be thankful for. And I think I'll just say that right now. It's like, number one, first and foremost, I am thankful for my family. Um, I am thankful that my family uh, supports my decision to be a hunter and a serious one at that. A, a big shout out to my wife for that. Um, thank you to my kids who are excited. I, I feel like they're excited to learn more about it. And that makes me happy as well. And I know they can't hear or understand human language, but I just want to send a thank you uh, and to the white-tailed deer because I am thankful for them uh, and really all animals, um, especially ones you can hunt. But with all, <laughs> I, I don't even know. I'm so tired right now. It's really late, and I'm trying to get this podcast uh, put together and edited uh, and. Uh, so I can get a couple hours of sleep before I have to go back to work. But I tell you what, having three kids at times can be like someone is taking a steamroller over your life. But, <laughs> but, but that's beside the point. Uh, dude, I went out and I killed a doe. Well, I thought it was a doe. It was actually a button buck. But uh, I got a phone call uh, from my good buddy, Ben Harshine, the other day. And he's like, hey, man, what are you doing on Sunday night? And I said, not much, man. You want to come out and uh, do a little doe management on one of my farms that uh, he, he hunts? I'm like, hell yeah. So um, we packed up and, and uh, headed down to his farm on Sunday night. And sure enough, 
I had the opportunity to, you know, these these uh, two dough, or well, I thought they were doughs, um, popped out at the top of this little um, standing bean field that he had planted earlier this year. Uh, he has some food plots, and uh, they, long story short, they worked their way down this uh, down this edge of this bean field, and uh, one this one deer gave me a 30 yard shot and it was he took a step I ranged him at 30 he took a step forward but and then he kind of turned broadside again but kind of quartering toward a little bit and I let the arrow go I hit him just a little high but I it was a good hit because he dropped right in his tracks I hit him in his spine it went through the spine, hit backside liver or backside lung and backside liver. And dude, I'm telling you, with this new arrow setup that I have, I'm shooting over 500 and I'm, I'm shooting close to 530 grains uh, for an arrow weight. And with the Wasp four blade fixed uh, fixed blade uh, as my broadhead, <laughs> my my arrow is literally a Mack truck through the air and I smoked and totally destroyed this uh, button buck dropped right in its tracks it took two br- two breaths <laughs> done and you know you want to talk about a clean ethical kill uh, you know I, I'd love to get those broadside shots all day long but if it's a very quick kill and it's a very you know ethical yes the, the deer died right where it was supposed to no track job but man it was fast probably the fastest deer that i've ever watched die with one arrow so um that brings me to today's commercial wasp broadheads are straight up kick-ass dude made in america they are that trocar tip they have is serious it's tough um it's just one of those broadheads that you know if it connects it's gonna do some damage and it's gonna do its job and perform um so you know there's not much i mean what what do you want me to say about a broadhead i could give you all the details of how it's made blades are sharp it is durable they fly accurate and they're made in america badass 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 if you guys want to find more information about the broadheads that wasp offers visit wasparchery.com and when you do decide to purchase your pack of broadheads enter the discount code nine fingers that's the number nine followed by the word fingers and you will receive 20 percent off of your purchase and for a pack of broadheads that is a good chunk of change so keep that in mind now today on today's podcast we are going to be talking with return customer return customer return guest <laughs> Gary Faith and he lives in western Iowa and he is going to talk about how he harvested a buck on his private ground with his landowner's tag then he went to public ground uh, on a different, you know, different part of the county that he lives in and, you know, grinded it out for a couple days and found success on a great deer. And that's what today's podcast is about. Uh, hopefully everybody who still has not connected with a deer is still out there grinding, man. I know what it's like. Um, let me and my voice 
listen to me when I say keep at it, guys. I, I know from this point it gets a little tougher and a little tougher, but if you're smart, you make good decisions. Uh, it's just a matter of time until you connect with what you want to connect with. So keep uh, keep grinding. And now let's get into today's, I guess we'll call it a public land rut success story. All right, back again. We have another returning guest, uh, Mr. Gary Faith. How you doing today, Gary? Hey, Dan. How you doing? I'm doing real good. Really good deal. Good, good deal. Well, um, as a lot of the guys who are guests on this podcast do, they reach out to me via Facebook or some kind of email, and they're like, hey, check out what I got. And uh, you sent me a picture of a stud. Uh, you are a fellow Iowan, but you don't live necessarily in the glory lands of the southern part of the state. You live kind of in the the western northwest part of the state, right? Correct. Correct. Okay. Yeah. And you and you've been on the podcast before. So today I wanted, you know, I want to talk to you a little bit about you know, leading up to the season uh, on on your family farm and then, you know, why you're on here is this buck you you shot this year is actually on public ground so i want to hear the whole story but i want to go back a little ways and i want to add the first question i want to ask you is going into this season you know archery in iowa opens october 1st going into this season what kind of expectations did you have for bow hunting this year mm-hmm I don't know. I wanted to be able to, like the time that I did have, I was hoping to allocate better than I have in the past. You know, it's like, it seems like I go in there sometimes and I'm just hunting just to hunt. And so I'd like, I don't know, with the family and with the kids and like trying to balance everything, it's like smarter, not harder. So like granted, I still hunted quite a bit, but it's like, I'm trying to, around cold fronts or you know what's a good wind or at, at least keep money coming through the door bottom line at least for the most of october was the plan so that was <laughs> you know like yeah. don't shoot myself in the foot so bad that it's going to sting me so you know so and then knowing that come the beginning of november i was going to take two weeks and hunt hard right and so i kind that was like the only really expectation that I have and, you know, wanted to shoot a mature deer, like, you know, head size is cool, but like at least four years old, five years old would be better, you know, big fat neck and stinky old bucks, you know, like just after that. Right. So, and the, and the reason you say you want to keep money coming in is you're self-employed. So you really don't have any vacation. If you're, if you're on vacation, quote unquote, you're you're not making money. No, no, not at all. It's uh, I heard it. Some guy put it really well. He said, "I'm willing to spend as much time as money as I want to lose." And so it's <laughs> you, you, you try and put it. And if you put it in perspective, it's like you know, life is all but experience. And yeah. you look at this last two weeks, and I'll remember them days like morning and evening for forever the rest of my life you know and you compare that to two weeks of work like you know like it's like that all melts together it it does it's you know or a week or a month you know you get on one of these great big jobs and all of a sudden you're there four or five weeks 
And it's like, holy cow, it's already a month later that like, it's just insane. So you think about these five or six day windows where you truly immerse yourself in the wilderness and you remember all these little details. It's just, yeah, absolutely. it's it's where it's at really. But so aside from, you know, actually hunting i mean did you have anything because because you own a family farm you and your brother and your dad and some other family members hunt on this uh on this family farm and you were on the podcast uh the last time i think you discussed uh uh we discussed some deer hunting we discussed some elk hunting but uh um historically the family farm has kind of been good before the season starts did you have any trail camera pictures of some like deer that you wanted to attack this uh, fall yeah there there was a couple really nice ones there's several really big eight points one that had a split three um you know like i don't know i i listen to all these podcasts and such a theme is well you get them on camera well, I'll yeah. run these cameras, I'm, you know, and it's like, I'm just kind of over that, <laughs> really. You know, it's so exhausting staying up with these cameras and running these cards and trying to keep inventory from year to year. Like, I have, like, a hard time, you know, aside from, like, this wonky buck that we have, he has an eye gouged out. So, I mean, that's pretty distinct. I mean, you can yeah. really tell that, you know, but, like, I just, like, oh, some guys would be like, Oh, this deer was gone two years ago, but then he showed back up. This is him for certain. I'm like, oh, man, I, I don't even, I, yeah, it might be. <laughs> you know, I don't know. It's just he looks like a big deer, you know. So I'm, I don't I'm know. Completely like, so, opposite. I'm the I'm completely opposite of you. Like I don't know what it is about trail cameras, man. But if someone gave me a job, paid me minimum wage to just go check trail cameras every day, I think I would yeah, take that job. You'd be all over it. Yeah. <laughs> like, all right, your job is to go check trail cameras and uh then your job is to look at every picture and then take notes on every book yeah. and, and identify them yeah. in the year. I don't know what it is about that, man. I absolutely love doing that. You know, and like when I moved home it'd been, I don't know, shoot, seven years ago or whatever it was, like I was all over it and all over it. And then the little brother, he kind of moved in and he kind of took over the camera thing. And so he'll show me all the pictures and all that. But it's like, I, you know, I'll, I'll put two, 300 bucks in the cameras a year to just to have like $200 worth of them die, you know, and just to have to buy two, $300 more. And then you're buying salt blocks and stuff in the spring. And so it's like, <laughs> it's just a dump, you know, it's like, to be quite honest, the allocation of all my money has gone towards the back burner of elk hunting in my mind. And so it's like, I can spend $400 a year on mineral on deer that may or may not help, or I can buy an elk tag. Like yeah. let's buy an elk tag, yeah. <laughs> you know? So, right. Right. I, I guess, but I, but yes, I love seeing a big buck on camera. It's great. You know, but, but your so, farm, I mean, back, yeah, Your family farm held yeah. true, right? I mean, it, oh there yeah, was, there big was deer, good deer, big yeah, deer. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, world class, awesome, mature, big, big deer. You know, and they're always. It's just a good neighborhood. We got good yeah. neighbors, and it's huge sections, and so, you know, it. Yeah, and so, but in order to keep pressure down on our farm, I spend ninety five percent of my season on public. You okay. know, so start the season, I'll go out there. And, 
just to like hang and hunt every time, different tree, different section. Like from where I live, there's like 17,000 acres within 40 minutes of my front door, you know? And so it's like, let's go here. North wind. All right, well, let's go here. And so I know over time we've hunted the farm and we've kind of figured, all right, this area is good on a North wind. This area. And so we know where to kind of pick it apart and to wait till the end of October, early November, let's move in then. And, you know, and that's what I did. And so to like cut to the chase on November 5th, I go into the farm and I sit a historically awesome stand and actually snort wheeze in a really nice mainframe tent. And, uh, I farmed some land there, uh, for our family. And, uh, I get a tenant tag as a part of the deal. And so I shot him four year old, I think 22 yards. He piled up 50 yards later. It was awesome, you know, but so with that in the books, great deer, it's like now time to focus 100% on public. Yeah. And so that's kind of where the story all begins with this next deer. Right, right. So you're one of the lucky few who, you know, guys like us, we can get a statewide Iowa tag every year, but you're one of the lucky ones who actually gets a landowner's tag as well. So yeah, I'm spoiled rotten, man. Yeah. So that's awesome. I mean, I don't know a guy who would ever not take advantage of that. I mean, I definitely would. Um, So, so basically you hunted your family farm one time and harvested a, a good deer well uh, yeah and yes and no i mean i i bet i said a half dozen times maybe more but it was the first time i sat in this particular valley oh, okay i got gotcha. you you know and so i mean i'd been on there and i've seen i saw one really really good buck but uh he you know that didn't work out and so that was early i think november 1st or 2nd or something like that and so but uh yeah, on the fifth, I shot that buck, and so. Okay. And then my my vacation actually, I had a little bit of work to finish up on. Been like the Monday, the seventh or the sixth, and so the rutcation for me really started up Monday night, and then ran through that week. Gotcha. So now this th- that wasn't this. Uh, let's see, let's see. Today is the fifteenth, I think, or the sixteenth. Uh, yeah, it's the 16th, November 16th, when we're actually recording this. And you shot that, which will be t- not this past Sunday when this launches, but uh, uh, like the previous Sunday, right? Yeah, it was actually uh, the, uh, the Friday night. Friday, Friday the, night, yeah. Yeah, okay. Friday the 10th, I okay. shot it. So, all right. So, in you you harvested a buck on the family farm right you use your you use your uh landowner's tag then what's the rule on the farm once you harvest a buck one and done one and done and, okay yep so we got it's a big family and we're all deer hunters so it's everybody gets a buck and then it's uh elsewhere to go <laughs> so right. that was so the you, next move right so this this public ground is this a, a is this some ground that you've been in and out of over the years yeah yeah um it's it's just so huge it's yeah i've hunted down there i mean i think i was 10 or 11 the first time i ever was 
Uh, I can recall my old man shot a really nice one, and I walked up on it. It's the first time I ever saw, like, a really big deer. I was like, holy smokes, like, (laughs) what is this creature? And I was young enough that uh, I was no help pulling it out, so he pretty (laughs) near killed himself getting that thing out of there, you know. But um, just really, really big sections. Um, the it's all managed by the state, so they will leave standing crops. Uh, they'll tip fields with alfalfa. They'll they do a certain degree of food plot in there throughout the whole area. I mean, it's it's just really nice. <laughs> it really so is. What about like scouting? I mean, is this is it was this? Because you mentioned you did a hanging hunt. So was this scouting that you did? before the season started to find this location um or is this places you know these like locations that you were bouncing around on this public ground places that you've identified over the years of hunting it well it's kind of a snowball to get to exactly where i shot that buck um i hadn't hunt the valley in particular that i ended up harvesting him uh aside from uh the evening before or two evenings before is the first time I've ever really been in through there. Um, as for the section itself, uh, I've hunted in there the last couple of years, but there's, it's big ag. So I'll come down like late season muscle order and I'll sit and watch the ag, you know, and I've never really dived into the deep parts of the, the section per se. And so, um, that was this year was a little bit more, um, I'm just going to put a stand on my back and I'm just going to like the DNR has this, the hunting Atlas. I'm sure you know about it, Yep. but you can, it has that LIDAR relief on there. And so it will give you the lay of the land without the trees. So it's like, I just fall asleep to that. Like, you know, just sitting there and like you're playing the winds through your head and then studying the topography and knowing, what is left and what's not for crops. And then thinking about where the pressure that you have been seeing and where you think they're going. And it's like, it's just kind of funny thinking about how I got to where I ended up being. It was all based on pressure. You know, it's yeah. like, I went to one area and it's like, Oh, somebody else, there's some headlamps. Okay. Well, let's go somewhere else. It's like, Oh, okay. Well, this is a nice plateau that I found in my sleep this one time. <laughs> you know, and yeah. So let's get up there and go check that out. And I think on a northeast wind, it ought to press me off this, you know, top of this ridge. And so it kind of started there. And so I sit over this bedroom and, uh, you know, I'm into bucks immediately. Here comes one as I'm setting up the stand and I get up in the stand and here comes another young one. And then about 10, 30, 11 o'clock, here comes a nice three-year-old. I was like, all right, okay. And so I get down. Let's see. I took notes. I got so hold on one second i just want to yeah. i want to pick your brain about i guess you know you were doing some digital scouting on this atlas and you were looking for you know certain terrain features right then you get in there and you're bouncing around you're trying to avoid other hunting pressure so you were going into this area for the first time but in the dark right the first well yeah it is okay so i I went in there the previous uh week in the evening like on on friday 
and there's this great big field and it was a north wind so it was blowing me out and i forgot my harness and it's like i always think you know wear your damn safety harness as dan says you know and so it's like i got my stand and everything in my truck and i forgot my harness i was like all right and so i go there and i sit on the ground on the end of this terrace and build this little nest or whatever you want to call it you know and so in the there's a plantation above me and i hear two bucks come into the bottom and fight you know and that's kind of the catalyst of the whole why i wanted to continue to pursue this area is because i I figured okay the sun's going down and then bucks are in there so they're probably bedding somewhere close you know and so it's like and so i go into this area with them expectations it was a north wind and i was going to creep into this little plantation and just set up in that bottom and hope that i could get my wind out into the field but as i get to there i see you know it's light enough i can see and uh here come two headlamps, you know, and like, you know, nice, whatever. People want to hunt. That's great. It's public land, but it's like, shut your headlamp off. Like, I, <laughs> I mean, I can, like, I can see like you, you know, it's like, yeah. you're not being sneaky. And so, you know, I just slowly back out and then I end up on that ridge top, and then I come out of there. And so that was the morning. And then, uh, so the one evening, second. one second, go ahead on your way out of there, you know, you're, you're able to see better. What were you seeing for sign? Any, any good rubs or scrapes? Dan, you wouldn't even believe how much sign there is in this place. It's like, you can't, if you were trying to put it together, you're a smarter man than I, because it's everywhere. Right. It's everywhere. I mean, it's, it's everywhere. You go through every shortcut on a little, you know, spine on a ridge rub scrape rub scrape every cut every overhanging branch i mean it's just it's deer country i mean they're just everywhere and it's maybe not giants making all of them but there is a whole slew of super aggressive two-year-olds that are just tearing stuff up everywhere you know it's like i watched one buck make six rubs in one 30 minute stretch that i got to you know or scrapes i should say it's like multiply that times every day for like a week and this guy's making like 500 scrapes you know it's like (laughs) like how do you put like i just can't put it together really one thing but one thing i did i will say that i was trying to take notice on and i heard it from dan infault but it's the height of the rubs rather than the size of the tree rather than you know how it's but how far it is off the ground and he says if you go from waist high or higher it's generally speaking going to be a big deer and like, and so, all right, I found a lot of rubs in this area where I shot this buck that were just like that, that were just, you know, up to where like the bottom of my ribs, like just tall and, you know, and shredded. Okay. So you ended up, you ended up, uh, seeing a lot of sign on your way out. Now on your way out, you're, you're making kind of a game plan. Uh, of where you're going to go later that night. Uh, did that sign influence you at all on, on where on this kind of plateau that you were going to set? Well, it's, it's just, it's just so funny. So like, okay, I'm just kind of about to, I'm not sold on this area completely yet. So I've come out and I go South of the section and I set up over this waterway and it's, it's great. I end up seeing four bucks, a nice three-year-old, a two-year-old and a couple young bucks. And so I'm coming out. 
and I run into this hunter and he just scares the crap out of me. Whoa, you know, Hey, you know, get to, you know, what'd you see? Oh, and I was honest and I told him, you know, and so we're walking out and he knows, yeah, I saw four bucks and I come from approximately the left side. And so we get to talking and this guy has camped down there with seven people. And so it's like, I come the next morning to go hunt there. And there's like four or five trucks parked in this parking lot. <laughs> it's like, and so like, I'm pretty certain they're now hunting the left side, you know? So it's like, ah, idiot, you know? And so it, it kind of forces my hand to go and stay in that particular area because for whatever reason, there wasn't anybody there. They're all focused on that end. And then the far North end of the section that I was in, they weren't, there was nobody where I was coming in. Right. So, so it's like, it just kind of forced me into that area. And so that was on Tuesday, uh, Tuesday night. And so Wednesday morning, um, let's see. Yeah. So Wednesday morning, I go back in there uh, where I saw that three-year-old on the south side of the section. And I saw four bucks again and a nice two-year-old. And they were real responsive to grunting at that. You know, I grunted in, I think, three bucks that morning. Right. Um, yeah, so I'm a day off. So Wednesday in the evening I hunted there, and that's when I told that guy I saw the three bucks, and it gave the spot away. So it puts us to Thursday. And that's so like Thursday a golden morning, rule. You broke a golden rule of public I magic. know. I didn't the, – the public land dance, you know, and I was just like <laughs> – I'm just too honest. I'm just like, <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. I saw some deer. Oh yeah, saw deer there. And so, <laughs> so, I, so I told my little brother this, and he says it just cracked me up. He said the Dumb and Dumber quote, and he says, "Do you realize what you've done?" <laughs> like, <laughs> oh, that's funny. You know, but but it's hilarious though because it just you know that's the the fun of the public land those because right. because of that it forced me out of that area where i was seeing deer and into this area where i inevitably end up harvesting this you know this animal and so it's like that puts us into thursday morning november 9th and so um i go up back to the top of that plateau and the wind is south this time it's coming out of the southeast and it's just not right i got busted by two deer um, in places that like the wind wasn't blowing there. So it's like it was swirling or breathing or whatever you want right. to call it. And so I was about eight thirty nine o'clock. I said, okay. And so I get down and I start hiking. And at night I found this little, you know, kind of chunk that was backed by private. And so I thought, all right, I'm going to walk down in there and go look at it. And so I get down in there and as I'm going, I look and there's a coyote jumps up 15 yards in front of me. It was like black, you know, beautiful, big full tail. It turns around, looks at me and runs down in this valley and all of a sudden out squirts a buck and a doe. Like, okay. And they stop at 75 yards and I sit there and look at him and then she runs off and then he disappears. And so I sit there and it's five minutes goes by and he steps back into the trail. He looks up at me. And then convinces I'm nothing. And then he goes back and he instantly drops his head, you know, like the, the, just the weird buck to the ground, like, you know, trot looking for scent, <laughs> you know, I was like, okay, I'm on to something here. 
And so I get down in that bottom and I bump another buck in a doe. Okay. And then I find all this sign and then I get up in there a little farther and I bump three does and another buck. I was like, holy cow. And then I look out and there's another buck standing out in the field there. Like, what in tarnation is going on? Okay. I think I got something figured out. And so I go up to the top of the hill and I sit there and I glass these deer. Like, you can't get to them. And so I ended up like, I took a nap. It was awesome. Like it was just this little <laughs> terrace spot and it was out of the sun or out of the wind and the sun was coming down. And I just like, like two hours I slept. It's like, <laughs> I couldn't believe it. And so I, I get up and I get out of there and my little brother picks me up and then he comes in with me cause he's having some hard luck. And so we move into this valley and we come in from the South and we get to where the wind is coming from the Northeast. And it's blowing us up this beautiful little cut. And so as we're coming down the hill, we look in the bottom and there's two bucks sparring. Like, okay, all right. And so we stop and then here comes another buck and it runs right through where them two were and they kind of go up into this. This valley has almost like a flat and it's, it's a big old bowl. You know, it's, I don't know, it's, it's an awesome place. But so we're carrying the stands in and so we decided this is where we're going to stop and we get up in the tree and it was a great night. I think seven bucks we saw total, like it's so hard to like my buckle meter for being able to gauge on the hoof is so terrible. You put that animal dead in front of me, yeah, I'm within probably 10 inches, but if it's on the hoof, it's a gamble. Uh, <laughs> that's one thing that I suck at is, is saying how big a deer is looking at a track like 140 150s i'm just basically guessing i think yep. and and then w- hoping i'm close uh you know one mm-hmm. thing that i think a guy can definitely learn though is how to age deer based off of you know body characteristics but rack with, hey, yeah with you throw all that out. out the window oh my and you put it under like an adrenaline moment it's like, yeah, yeah. oh he was, two, just, was 240 oh, I swear oh to God. man you know, I, oh, you wouldn't even believe the deer I shot. You know, he's one. You know, but we're, but we're in these deer, you know, and we're yeah. seeing, and I, you can tell they're good deer. You know, there's two, and you can look at the bodies, and you can see. I mean, these are nice bucks, and they're mature, and they're chasing this doe around. And so we call to him, we call to him, and nothing comes. And then right at, right, you know, can't shoot. Here they all come. And three or four of them come right under our stand there, you know, and so we're stuck in the tree. We finally get out and it's just pumped up, get back to the truck. So you come back in the next morning and the wind switched to the Southeast, but it, the way it was, it came over that Ridge as the South and it cupped. And so it was actually pulling you up as a North. And so I get down in that Valley and I just sit the same stand that we sat the night before and it's just crickets damn it, <laughs> you know, okay, well, clearly whatever was going on here is no longer. And so about nine o'clock I get down and I work through that valley and I find the pinch point where I ended up shooting this buck. I walk through it and you look and it's just like two trails intersect. It's a, I mean, it's just awesome. And you go up in a little farther and there's three spines that all come down to one little 50 or 60 yard area. 
and then off to if you're looking up off to the left is like blow down and yeah. so you couldn't get them to come through the left so they had to funnel through this little bottom and it was just awesome you know and so i get through that i get up to the top and i find rub rub tall ones and then uh i look up and there's a heater bodysuit you know 50 yards <laughs> <laughs> i was like all right. <laughs> it's like, he, you know, he's looking at me. I'm looking at him. So I, I just back away and then I circle the ridge and I get back up into that bedding area there that I uh, went through originally and had hunted. So I was hunting below the original plateau. And so I get into the valley next to where I'm going and I'm just deciding I'm going to scout my way back to the truck and I look in the field. And here comes a fellow with a deer cart. I was like, all right, okay. So he gets to the fence, and I get to talk to him. Say, hey, how you doing? He's like, oh, got, you know, got a pretty good one over here. I said, I hope you don't mind, but I'm coming with you. And, you know, I'm going to go look at it. And so I went over there, and I looked at it, and it was a beautiful buck. It was the buck that I was watching yesterday, you know. Yeah. It was just beautiful, cagey, nine-point, uh, uh main beams curled all the way around to where they overlapped the tips did oh cool dark you know just awesome buck you know and he drilled it so help him get it loaded up on the car hike back to the car help him uh, get it into the truck because it's just a bear and so i get to talking with him and he had a camera on this property and he said yeah i think i got this buck here and i also got one that was a 12 pointer he said I said, all right, well, at least I know there's one bigger yet. Yeah. <laughs> so I come back that night and I uh, sneak down into the bottom there and I sneak all the way across and it's the southeast wind and it's but, uh, primarily east, you know, prevailing east. And so I get into where I kind of want to be. I get up in the tree and I look around and I was like, no. And so I get down and then I move about 70 yards. And I find just exactly where I want to be. And I get way up in there. I like, I use steps and I got like cheaters for branches and, you know, I get as high as I can possibly get. And so I set up and it's like, I look out in the field and here comes a buck and a doe chasing right to where I had been hunting. I was like, (laughs) right in the corner, right in the corner there where I'd been going, you know, so it's about six o'clock and I'm sitting there and I hadn't seen much. And so I'm like kind of, you know, thinking about tomorrow and where I'm going to go. And so all of a sudden I, I hear like a, I've never heard it in a while, but it was a growl and it sounded like a raccoon. And he said, you know, and I just look up and there he is, you know, 65 yards through a bunch of thick brush. Um, the way I'm facing it, I'd be facing to the uh, west and he would be to my north. And the wind was coming from east to west, and he was already above my wind. And, you know, and I looked below him, and there's a doe coming through right at 17 yards. I was like, oh, man, you know. And so, so is this is this doe <laughs> heading to where she could, like, we're, okay. Was this doe coming through to at a point where she was going to intersect your wind, or was she above no. your wind? No, I was so, like... She was like 15 yards above where she could even catch it. And the way it was blowing, 
Like she'd have had to circle me 200 yards to get it. Like it was just on point. She came in perpendicular to the wind. And that, you know, and like when we tracked him, we found out where they were, you know, cause it's just this wonderful little, it's just beautiful. It's just a sanctuary. You could call it. Yeah. Excuse me. But, um, they were bed down in there and they come in and you can see on her rump, there, her hair's all stirred up where he, he's been riding her. And so she gets to write this opening that I'd range 17 yards. She stops and she looks up in the tree and just pegs me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, like, like so I, you know, I, what to look for. Oh yeah. You know, and I, I caught the whole thing on camera. You know, I, I, I bring a swing arm and all. I don't know why just for my own kicks, but I, I videoed the whole deal. And so like he comes into frame and you see him and then I adjust the camera and then you can't see him. And then all you see is three minutes of this doe stomping her feet and head bobbing, you know, and I'm sitting there and I'm just hooked on and I'm ready. And I just watched the buck. Like I didn't watch her at all. I could see her and like my peripheries doing her thing. And I just watched him the point where it was like tunnel vision, you know, like black and white. Like <laughs> all I see is this buck. And so she finally convinces herself I'm nothing. And she turns and she heads up this little trail. And but she keeps looking back and she's looking back and she's looking back and then finally puts her head down and kind of walks where I can get my rangefinder and this buck ain't gonna come through at the seventeen yards. He circles up and he comes through this one little pocket at the 35 yards. And so I ranged it, ranged it, ranged it, and then got ready and he come through and he stopped all on his own and I let it go and I just smoked him <laughs> and it just right through the back of both lungs. And I knew it, you know, and I just came unglued like, and he wheeled and off he bounded and his footsteps got real quiet you know, and then I didn't hear anything. It was really windy, you know, and so I just sat in the tree for, and my phone was dead, so I couldn't call, you know, anybody or tell anybody. And so I just sit there for 20, you know, 15 minutes and just collect myself. And then I get down out of the tree and get my stuff all broke down and then pack the stand out and then get back to the truck and then tell the parents, hey, don't go anywhere. Uh, I got to show you guys something. And then I showed him the video and I got home. And I was like, I think I smoked him, <laughs> you know? And so right, right. little brother and I waited until about nine o'clock and then went out and I hit him high through the chest, but it was double lung, but there wasn't a ton of blood. So it's like a two hour track job, like 15 feet at a time, one spot here, one spot there. He crossed the fence and then he crossed another fence and then he doubled back. And then Did there you find he was. Your arrow? Yeah, I went right through him, stuck in the ground. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. Yep, and so, you know, it sounded like plywood when I hit him, you know, just cracked, and his body angle was quartering two, or quartering away, I should say, and so, I mean, it come out right in the pocket of his shoulder on the opposing side, and so, I mean, he went 100 yards, give or take, and then bed down right in the fence row in the cedar tree, and the coyotes already ate, probably 10 pounds or more out of his tail end within four hours of him expiring. Yeah. Which is hard to believe, but yeah, they definitely got to him. So did you get any meat out of that? 
that deal? Yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 I didn't I know. Did. Like, I, I took wide margins, you know, but yeah. they mostly got into right around the tail there and then into the pelvis. But yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, he was, he was beefy. It was just like my old man shot a buck the same day. And I, I, you know, I love my dad, but he's just not on the same page and he never will be. And so he's like a two year old, maybe a three year old, you know, nice date point. But, um, you compare that body to this thing. It's like the chest, like skinned, it's probably like four or five inches deeper from the top of the shoulders to the bottom of the sternum there. It's just unbelievable. It's probably six inches longer or more from nose to tail. Like just unbelievable animal. Like missing a band of hair where his chest meted his met his neck. Like he had mange and it was just missing all the way across his back. Skin, like kind of raw. Uh, when we caped him he had a you could stick your pinky down to about your second knuckle where a tine went into the top of his neck. Yeah, those bastards are tough. I don't know. Like, uh, unbelie- unbelievable. Un- and it un- wasn't pierced. The hide wasn't pierced. Right. I'm looking at a, a buck I killed in, I think, I want to say 2009, hanging up, hanging on my wall right now. Uh, he's a four, he's a four by two, just a huge, like a, a basically a huge mainframe and a G1. And that's all, G2. That's all it is. Right. And, he had cuts on the top of his head. He had gouges in his neck. He had, you know, he had some tines broken off. I, um, I think he actually had a tip of a. As a matter of fact, my buck last year had a tip of an antler sticking into his skull. Really? Yeah. So <laughs> yeah. tough bastards. Yeah, it's it's incredible. You know, back when I was. In that area, the two days or the four hunts prior, there was two or three bucks that were in that valley that were limping real bad. You know, young bucks that clearly picked a fight with the wrong, you know. And it's just like the first thing I saw on that buck was that paddle that hangs off the back. Yeah. And it's like, oh, my God. And it's like when I shot him, I was like, that is, that's a 180-inch deer. I was like. <laughs> State record. <laughs> Oh my God. I just, I think I said, I just smoked a giant is what I said. You know, it's like, you know, but you know, perception is reality. And so it's like, you know, these, these are my two biggest deer. Like this one taped out just over 157 inches. Um, and I got 155 on the wall and both of them deer. I mean, I just lost my noodle, you know, I mean, just absolutely. And it's like, I mean, realistically, I don't need any bigger than that. Like, yeah. I and wonder, it's just. I wonder how many ahead. times throughout this season a hunter shoots a deer and either thinks it or says it exactly what you just said. I just smoked a giant. Like, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. You know, it's like, I ain't gonna lie. I, the whole thing's on video and I cried, man. I cried. It's yeah. like, I was like, this, it's like this. You know, my buddy Adam put it really well. You know, he's like, that moment, like, you'll probably, you don't get too many of those. You know, it's right. like to know that you made a good shot on a really high quality animal on a public land hunt where it's like, like, I, I you feel bounced like around a lot. I, I, I truly hunted these animals. That's how I felt when I shot them. You know, it was like I, I'd been busting my hump, but that was like, 
you know, you compared to the Western guys, I kind of seem like a Manancy, but it's like, I did probably 15 miles, you know, to get that deer, you know, yeah. with a stand on my back, carrying everything in and out every time, you know, and it's like, I'm not trying to boast, but it's like, I just feel proud. Oh yeah. Dude, and that's, that's what I said on the uh, wired to hunt podcast. When I talked about the buck that I shot this year, you know, the, the antlers on his head and the body size just really don't mean too much to me as opposed to me going into a property, reading, you know, playing the wind, reading the sign, playing the, the, the terrain setting up in a good position that I've, you know, not that I've ever scouted or been there before, but over the years I've taught myself what to look for. I did those things. I followed that process and sure enough, it, you know, it all came, came true. So, and I was, I was proud of that. Yeah. It, it's, it's just, I don't, it's so much anticipation. That's the word that comes to mind for me all the time is anticipation. It's like, you know, for me, a lot of times on a given everyday basis, like I do a lot of sits and a lot of times I work in Omaha and I live North of Omaha. And so it's a lot of the public is between myself and there. So I'll bring my stuff with and like conveniently finish my day about three o'clock and then uh, just go sit somewhere for an hour and do that, you know, three days a week plus the weekends. And I, and I have to throw this out there. She won't listen to it, but it's like, Thank you, Alicia. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, <laughs> thank you. Right. You know, because she's just a, a champ. She's a champion. You know, it's like I'm yeah. up before the sun, and like I'm trying to be the first guy there. Like, it's like all these things. You, it's like I've listened to almost every public land guy con like podcast the guy can get his hands on. You know, between everybody that, and so it's like such a reoccurring theme is get back away from pressure be the first guy there, be willing to move and hunt over sign, keep your wind right. You know, it's like, and I told something to my little brother and he kept repeating it back to me, but it's like, you got to hunt where the deer are and not where you want them to be, you know? And right. so that's like, it's, it's like, they're not here and I'm not seeing it. It's like, I'm just going to get down and, you know, I'm not trying to ruin anybody else's hunt, but I'm just trying to make mine better, <laughs> you know? So just keep stomping and keep stomping. And, and like last year, I I hunted public for like 20 days straight. I don't know. It was ridiculous. Like, and I was in them, but I was a day behind them every single time, you know? And there was a couple really, really nice ones. Like, <laughs> so right. it's just... It got done with the season. I was like, next year, you know, I'm I'm gonna get me one of them bucks. <laughs> you know, I really want to break it down, you know. Right. But it's it's like, and so it's just I don't know. It's and then it's like guys like you and Mark. It's just fuel to the fire, and you just like, you know, it's like I don't necessarily wasn't thinking about this valley, but it's like man, I hope that I can get myself to have a big buck, follow a doe, you know, or yeah. like, oh, so the guy I told everything, you know, gave all my secrets to, uh, we're sitting there shooting the shit. And he says, oh yeah, I shot a 180 inch buck in here last year. Like, what? 
So yeah, and he showed me a picture, this big old juicy mainframe ten. I mean, he says I was sitting there, and I was playing on my phone, and all of a sudden here comes two does, and here comes this buck, and I just grunted, and he stopped, and I shot him. <laughs> that easy. Was yeah, it a one eighty? Oh yeah, oh yeah. Jesus. When I'd heard about this buck uh, beforehand, you know, when he was shot, I I heard about him. You know, and I just, and that put the puzzle together that it was this particular fellow that did it, you know, but it's like, I'm walking back and it, it was a north wind. And so, uh, I get on the downwind side of this guy and I could smell his truck on him, you know, yeah. like the air freshener from his truck, you know, and this is post hunt, you know, and I'm, you know, shower and set free every day, uh, ozone, this so carbon suits, whatever, you know, like scent conscious to the nth degree. Yeah. And, you know, and this guy comes strolling back and he has a boon and Crockett buck. He pulled out of this section last year, purely by happen circumstance, you know? And so yeah. I, I said, you just breathe or breathe some life back into my hunting spirit, sir. <laughs> you laugh, <laughs> but you know, and that's all it takes, you know, and it's just, you know, for this guy to come in and to, to have it all come together and for him to be of the quality that he was. And that just is humbling and yeah. incredible. And then to have my little brother there with me, like, so he found it. Yeah. He's like, there he is. There he is. You know, we go over, and that little bugger squeezed me so freaking hard, he popped my sternum, you know, and I said, hey, whoa, whoa, it hurt me here. <laughs> <laughs> you know? I tell <laughs> you it what, just, it was, it's, kind of, it's kind of funny, because I, I got a little brother, too, and, uh, you know, I beat the piss out of him for literally years and now whenever yeah. he touches me i'm just like yeah oh, leave me alone i'm getting old <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah i'm just glad that dominance was established early right. and so uh it, nobody tested anymore and all the nieces and nephews they're old enough now that they just don't want to do it so it's like i'm gonna just stay there i'm fine with that <laughs> <laughs> Well, I tell you what, Gary, man, it sounds like you had one hell of a season already. Um, you got any plans for uh, the late season? Yeah, yeah, I know. Work. I'm going to work, and I'm going to make money, and then I think I'm going to hunt from the 1st of January until the season's over gotcha. and just uh, chase late-season food on public. Nice. Um, I got a buddy – that hunts down in southwestern Iowa and they shotgun hunt. They might go down there and tag along with them for a couple of days, but not uh, buck hunt with them. Just go and maybe be a bird dog or whatever. But yeah, um, for sure. That's about it. Cool. And then uh, other than that, wishing that Missouri didn't have a rifle season right now. That kind of stinks. And Nebraska in South Dakota, yeah. <laughs> it's like yeah. all the adjoining states that a guy could potentially get a non-resident license in or in rifle right now. So it's just, right. yeah, that's I what put I was... a fence in my yard and I'm going to, you know, that's what I was looking do. at too was, uh, you know, by the time I got the deer to the locker to get processed, uh, got back home, it was, it was only like four days before the, you know, some of the states that I wanted to go hunt, you know, their, their rifle season opened. Well, 
for me to take a day out there to drive, then I'm only limited to, you know, in one day to scout, you're only limited to really two full days of hunting before the gun yeah. season starts. And then who knows what happens? Yeah. It's like throwing 500 bucks down the drain. Yeah. You know, it, it's get, like, yeah, it, go ahead. Unless it's, I could get out there earlier. Yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. If you know, like ideally it'd be great to go out there in the beginning of September, like Western Nebraska and just stomp and, you know, have a good layout and then be able to go and spend, you know, five, six days doing it. Right. You know, right. But, um, I did end up shooting cow elk out in Idaho though. That was pretty sweet. So you got a full freezer. Oh my goodness. You wouldn't even, (laughs) (laughs) yeah, I, I am doing venison diplomacy all over the place i'm just uh you know making friends you like elks you ever had elk before no oh yeah here let me show you how to cook it like it's (laughs) you know what i did though and hank shaw and your guys uh got me thinking this way but i took the whole front shoulder off that first buck that i shot and cooked it whole split it right at the elbow and uh cooked it in chicken broth and put green chilies in it and taco seasoning and all that put it on 400 cooked it for five hours phenomenal like yeah like it just fell apart and then used that to make enchiladas and then i used i made nachos out of it today like i just i had not done it like that excuse me before and i just couldn't believe it it just fell apart and so now i have a pile of shanks nice. <laughs> like it's just shanks and front shoulders i got a whole bunch of them so i kept them all whole and some like for family outings and stuff i'm gonna start just cooking whole front shoulders <laughs> well <laughs> you've had a great season good luck late season yeah. and uh hopefully we we chat again man yeah um are you do you muzzleload or are you gonna go out or you know i'm, I'm not 100 percent sure yet i i uh I'm just going to play it by ear. You know, I got the, the ATA show that I have to attend. That will be, yeah. the, it's basically the last week of the season, but there might be that four or five day window that I get out, um, the previous weekend, like once shotgun season, uh, once shotgun season's over, who knows, you know, I got to find the food, got to find the bucks. I might try to get out as soon as, uh, um, trail or uh, shotgun season's over to set some more trail cameras out, but um, it's no promises. And then in, if it's a mild, yeah. if it's mild weather, there's no point because the deer literally yeah. move five minutes. Yeah, and with yard. this this acorn crop too that we had oh, yeah. this year, it's like if we want a good late season, we need about a foot of snow and about ten degrees, yeah. and then we'll be able to get them deer out of the timber. Otherwise, I, I just think that it's going to be tough with the acorns are everywhere you walk around and they're everywhere and i mean you can't there's no one place they're just everywhere right yeah my uh my field even during the rut my field edges were dead this year for trail cameras so yeah it's been kind of goofy really like the farm usually the ninth through the 12th lights out mania you know can't go wrong and this year it was just me you know like we're running cameras we got people out there hunting and it's it just i don't know i mean it was so localized it was like if you're in it it's good but it's not like it was just craziness so i don't 
I don't know. I, I can't put, there's no rhyme or reason to any of it. Time in the stand. It's, <laughs> right. Right. Just time in the stand. Absolutely. Mr. Gary faith. Thank you for your time. Yep. And, uh, good yeah, luck. Hey, thank you. And there we have it. Another podcast in the books, huge shout out to Gary. Uh, thank you very much for taking time and coming on this podcast as a guest and, uh, sharing with us, uh, your public land success story. Huge shout out to all of you who have taken time to download and listen to this. Please, 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 please continue to do so. I really appreciate it. Huge shout out to all the partners of this podcast. Wasp, Ozonics, Deer Lab, Exodus, Lone Wolf, Gearhead, Ripcord, and Bighorn Outfitters. Please go out, do some research on those companies. Uh, they support me and I would love it if you would support them huge shout out to my wife I know that uh, you know it gets tough with me in here uh, at night doing some of this Um, thank you for your patience and your support she'll never listen to this by the way but I figured I'd give a shout out to her anyway huge shout out to everybody man good luck the rest of the season guys it's not over yet don't give up there's still plenty of time um, you know, gun seasons are happening, and I know that right now, with, once that gun season hits, um, it can either be good for you or it can be not good for you, you know, especially if you're a bow hunter. Um, I know that a lot of you guys participate in gun hunting. I, for one, don't, not because I don't like or, or care for guns. It's just that I, at this stage of my life, I am a bow hunter, and that's what I do. But like I said, guys, there there is plenty of time left to uh, go out and be successful. I'm rambling again. Let's see. I think I've said everything. Go to iTunes. Leave a review on the Sportsman's Nation Podcast Network, guys. Uh, make sure you go out and like the Sportsman's Nation Podcast Network Facebook page and follow us on Instagram. Also, the Nine Finger Chronicles Facebook page and Instagram if you haven't already. Go to iTunes. Leave a review. Five stars. Uh, about what you guys uh, think of this podcast network. I'm telling you, there is some more kick-ass stuff coming down the pipe. And uh, as uh, as soon as I get a little bit more money, I can start doing some expanding uh, and bringing you guys even more kick-ass content. And I think that's it, guys. There, There comes a time this week where we need to realize what is important and what we are truly thankful for and that is family so it is okay to step out of the timber maybe for a little bit and go spend some time with the ones that you love or you could do if you're like some families you you're in the timber with the ones you love and that's great too but remember family is more important than deer hunting and just a friendly reminder on that end guys have a happy thanksgiving we will see you later this week just remember black friday there's going to be a a podcast and i think there's even going to be a podcast on thanksgiving so keep an eye out if you're traveling uh listen to those podcasts guys happy thanksgiving and if you are going to be in a tree wear your damn safety harness happy thanksgiving